Salutations and welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the gazebo at the Armitage Estate discussing the 2017 supernatural horror film, Get Out. Get Out is the directorial debut of Jordan Peele, who also wrote the film. Previously known for his comedic performances, Jordan Peele surprised all of us with the masterful blending of horror and social commentary. He deliberately set out to make a film that would especially speak to the usually neglected black horror audience. This film alone earned Jordan Peele a seat at the table of up-and-coming respected horror creators. This film was recommended to us by friend of the show, Cora Bishopetti. Check out her photography on Instagram, Cora underscore Bishopetti underscore photography. Thanks, Cora. So what did you guys think of Get Out the first time you saw it? I don't think I liked it as much when we first (laughs) seen it. (laughs) I just think I was more confused than anything, and I thought it was more funny. Was there's com- a lot. There's, there's a, lot a lot of comedy yeah. in it. I think with his background, but, you expect yeah, that. Well, no, Definitely. Yeah, but it was uh, watching it this time again. I liked it better. I did. That's good. I was able to sit there and pay more attention, and I did like it this time. But I still do feel like it, there's a lot of funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot. Of, they say a lot of funny shit. You no, know yeah, I mean? and, especially uh, Lil Rel. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I just know him as what Rod. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But he's he's real funny. Yeah, he's so funny. I remember seeing the trailer for it and I was really, really intrigued by it. And then when I saw that it was Jordan Peele who made it, I was so surprised. You're like, what the hell? Because I'm like, oh, it we all must, watched Key and Peele. It must yeah. be a different Jordan Peele. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess this goes to show that you should not pigeonhole a person into a genre mm-hmm. or underestimate what they're capable of or where their desires truly lie. No, definitely. I read interviews and he said various times that his favorite genre is horror. Everybody's like, okay, now make us yeah, laugh. Right. <laughs> so when you play Obama. <laughs> but, you know, so it's... It's, it's interesting. And the thing is, is that for a feature debut to be this confident and this good is, you know, you've got Ari Aster that comes to mind, you know. No, but for sure. Jordan Peele's right up there in my view. And he won Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards, which horror is like fucking notoriously shunned, shunned yeah. from Academy mm-hmm. Awards. And so to be able to not only break through and make a critically acclaimed film, but to make a financially successful film and then to win all these awards. It's go Jordan. Impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. He it's in a it's an incredible feat. Yeah. I really loved it the first time I saw it, which was like I had built it up so much in my head. I expected it to be really great. So the fact that it like lived up to my own hype. You were afraid you're going to disappoint yourself. Exactly. But I mean, the way that, like you said, there is a lot of comedy mm-hmm. in it, but there is some like genuinely disturbing no, shit. Oh, yeah. And then he touches on some very real social issues. I mean, it's just, it's masterful the way he was able to keep all those plates spinning. Right. And the thing is, is that I've seen a lot of movies that try to get either social or political and they come off ruining their own message by being preachy. No, yeah. yeah. But the special thing about Get Out is that it raises all these points and all these questions Without in a way. you over the head Exactly. With it. It's done smartly. It's done, again, by a skilled hand. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we talked about films in the past where they take really serious subject matter and kind of just fuck it up because they don't know how to handle it yeah jordan peele knew what he was doing yeah and he made a very very smart horror movie 
Now, before we send this film to the sunken place, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's spill the tea. So the film opens at nighttime on a residential street. And Dre, played by Lakeith Stanfield, is kind of just walking along, talking on his phone. He's, like, obviously lost. So, again, I bring this up every single episode almost. It's a suburban neighborhood at night with leaves. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think I'm going to say? It's just like Halloween. (laughs) So, just get that out of the way. Um, He mentions kind of feeling like a sore thumb. And he hangs up and he says, I guess he's going to find the way by himself. He's walking and the camera focuses on a car that's driving past him. We see it make a U-turn and then start following him. And he notices. Mm -hmm. And so every time Dre stops, the car stops until Dre decides to turn around and go back the way he came. He's like, not me, not today. I was so happy to see that because oh, yeah. in a horror movie, they would be like, let me see what this car is about. Yeah, and they right. like, see what they want. Knock on the window. Excuse me, sir. Sir, are you lost? This is a residential <laughs> neighborhood or whatever. And then he's like, no, fuck you. Get out. Yeah. One thing I will say very quickly is Lakeith Stanfield, I've never seen anything bad from him ever. No, he's great. Uh, Atlanta. He was First thing in, I thought it was Atlanta. Yeah. Knives, Knives Out. out. Sorry to bother you. Oh, yeah. I think, honestly, like, he's done a lot of really good things, but I think we're just going to keep seeing great shit from this dude. Definitely. He's fantastic. So after he turns around, he goes to cross the street, and we get another shot of the car, and we see that now it's parked and the doors are open. Uh, Someone comes up behind him wearing, like, a suit of armor knight's helmet situation. (laughs) Could have just said knight's helmet. Knight's helmet. (laughs) (laughs) I like to paint a picture. Oh, okay. He grabs Dre and puts him in a hold, and Dre, like, immediately passes out. The knight, we'll say, drags him and puts him in the trunk of the car. The whole time, there's this really creepy old song yes. playing that's that keeps saying, run, rabbit, run. Yes. And it made me think, if is this like a director's trademark with Jordan Peele? Because rabbits, rabbits play mm-hmm. a huge role in the follow-up to this film, Us, and then I was like, is that an Alice in Wonderland reference? Is that a Halloween reference with the rabbit in red? I'm intrigued. With Jordan Peele, it could be, it could be any anything. of them or all of them. Yeah. That trunk was really small, too, though. <laughs> it was. <laughs> you got to fold him up. Yeah. Uh, fold him up. <laughs> it did. It looked really small, though. I was like, yeah, he's going to fit not that dude fit in there. Yeah. <laughs> they cut away. And then... <laughs> so like you said, the creepy ass music is playing and the car drives off and the music gives way to this like really tense violin until we get the title, Get Out. So the title is over trees. The view that we have is like we're going past them in a car. Mm -hmm. And it gives way to another song. (laughs) This song is genuinely terrifying to me. I looked it up and at least according to Lois Gallo, I read an article. The lyrics in the song are Swahili and they translate to brother, listen to the ancestors, run. You need to run far, listen to the truth run to save yourself and horrifying absolutely horrifying (laughs) but then it gives way to another song red bone by childish gambino it's a fucking fantastic song i gotta say if the rest of this movie was trash i would still thank it for introducing (laughs) me to this song this is the first time i ever heard it and i love it i thought it was interesting to have that first song juxtaposed with red bone to me what i got from it is like the struggle is old 
It's and the same. It continues. It's telling it you hasn't to stay ended. woke. Yeah. They, Don't the, even close your eyes. Both songs are saying the same thing, yeah. just differently. I thought that was pretty neat. So like you said, Redbone is playing and we see photographs and like a really nice ass apartment. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. We see Chris for the first time, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. And just in a uh, really quick aside, if you have not seen the Black Mirror episode, <laughs> 15 Million Merits, starring Daniel Kaluuya, after this episode, you need to go watch that. Because I, ever since I saw him in this, I've been like, I need to see more of him. He's amazing <laughs> No, he's that. fantastic. And the thing is, is that he's able to hide his accent oh, in yeah, you don't this hear it movie at all. so well. So the first time we see him, he's coming out of the shower and shaving and kind of getting ready. We also see Rose, who's played by Allison Williams for the first time. And she's buying donuts and coffee and making her way over to Chris's apartment. Mm -hmm. I do want to point out before we go any further... Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that he was shaving really fast. Yeah, he and, was. And uh, <laughs> I looked it up on Internet Movie Database, and there was no razor in his razor. <laughs> so as he's going, if you pay attention, he's just kind of pushing the shaving cream on his face. But in the I next scene, notice. he's clean but, shaving. What an but odd isn't choice. the whole point of that section is that he cuts himself shaving? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right. But he did a good job of acting like he got yeah. that. So. I, I believed it. I was More like, More points yeah, for Daniel like, Kaluuya. Yeah. So Rose arrives at Chris's apartment and she's playing with his dog, Sid, while he's mm. packing a bag. And he kind of looks troubled. We find out that he's meeting Rose's parents for the first time. And he's concerned as to whether or not she's told them that he's black. I find it odd that this conversation has not come up yet. Before. I mean, yeah, because he is concerned because he's the first black guy that she's ever dated. Mm -hmm. So well, I'm so sure then that conversation already did exactly. Come up. So I was gonna say I'm sure this isn't the first like that they've talked about it. So right. but now it's like, well, do your parents know? Yeah. <laughs> to which she says like, no, she's never mentioned it before. Why would she? Because they're not racist. Mm -hmm. In fact, her dad would have voted for Obama a third time if he could have. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that that solves everything. You'd never this isn't, yeah. this isn't very um like comforting to Chris. He right. still seems a little concerned. I can relate as a Hispanic man who's dated non-Hispanic women being worried about not being accepted. You know, by someone's right. parents or yeah. their family or whatever. I think, I mean, but because the, th the thing is, is that you never know what people are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And what weird ideas and prejudices they just yeah. have in them dormant. Yeah. I mean. That uh, might come to the forefront in as, a yeah, given as, situation. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, that was in you all yeah. the time? Oh, no. <laughs> we had dinner last night. I didn't know that shit. <laughs> So in the next scene, they're in the car headed to Rose's parents' house. Rose is driving and Chris mm -hmm. goes to light up a cigarette and Rose like snatches away from him, breaks it and throws it out the window. It wasn't enough just to rip it yeah. from his hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's still In smokable. case we get out and he wants to go yeah. find it or something. Yeah. So Chris calls his best friend Rod, played by Lil Rel, who <laughs> is fucking hilarious. The whole every scene that he's no, in yeah. is hilarious. And I read that he ad-libbed most of his lines. It is not at all surprising <laughs> no. because it feels very genuine coming from yes. him. Yes. But anyway, Chris calls him to thank him for dog-sitting Sid while he's going to be gone. He puts Rod on speakerphone and him and Rose are kind of like jokingly flirting mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And then... As soon as he takes Rod off speakerphone, Rod's like, man, I told you not to go to your white girlfriend's house. No. 
And Chris is like, you know, whatever. And he hangs uh, up on him. Rod works for the TSA. Rod works for the TSA. He's at work. Yeah. <laughs> he also talks about some old lady. He said that that's going to be uh, the next attack is that old yes. yeah. women because nobody <laughs> suspects say, them. He does yeah. say that. Just very funny. Everything he says is funny. It really is. So after Chris hangs up, Rose is kind of teasing him for being jealous. And while she's messing with him, she hits a deer. Very abrupt. Yeah. Yeah, that deer was fast. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. So when they get out, the passenger mirror is broken and they're both pretty shaken up. They can hear the deer kind of crying and suffering off to the side in the woods. I saw in Vanity Fair on YouTube that Jordan Peele himself was doing the voice of the deer. <laughs> yes. I guess. I don't know what to say. Are <laughs> to you call serious? It. Yeah, yeah, he was doing those cries. That was Jordan Peele. So Chris walks over to the deer and they have this like moment mm-hmm. where they're just kind of looking at each other. Right. Which seems like it doesn't make sense now, but later. Like right. a lot of things in this film. Yeah. Later. I feel like it's almost mandatory that you watch this movie twice. It is because even Rose getting rid of the cigarette is important. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know no, what I mean? Everything. Like everything yeah. means yeah. something else. Uh, and this scene where the deer hits the car, uh-huh. it's damaged on the opposite side of the car. <laughs> So it's not even where the deer hit. It's a magic, uh, magic right, deer. Right, magic yeah. deer. Also, when he gets out and they show, I guess, the back of the car, mm-hmm. you can see the cameras and the backlights, the reflection of the cameras <laughs> back there. Well, I, 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 mean, I mean, but a lot of movies, you know, yeah. what I mean? it's happened. But I just, I think it's things just like always that are like, really wow, funny. nobody yeah, got it's that. Like no, seen that. the amount of hands that a movie has to go through before it goes no, to theater, yeah. and then for the release on Blu-ray or whatever, they could get rid of that. Oh yeah, yeah. and they and just still like, ah, fuck They're it. They're like, it's fine. Right, yeah. Just leave it. It's fine. Maybe that means something too. Right. right? <laughs> They're always watching us. Yeah. Exactly. See, Jordan Peele's <laughs> fucking deep. <laughs> So it cuts to Rose and she's talking to a cop and the cop is like chastising her for calling the cops. Yeah. In all fairness, if you hit an animal, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to call the cops. I would feel call like I animal. would have. I don't know. I, yeah, I wouldn't I think really know like what else out to there, do. Honestly, in the middle of nowhere, I wouldn't either. I'd be like, who the hell am I supposed to call to come out here? I feel like a lot of you people can't. would just leave the deer and go. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't if do that. If their car was I still mean, drivable, they would. It's not like would. you can call yeah. the pound and be like, hey, the come pound? get this. Yeah. <laughs> you know can you mean? pick up this deer? Yeah. He's fucking wild. <laughs> Ran in front of my car. hurt. Yeah, he might have been drunk. I don't know. We didn't ask him. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, everything's pretty standard until the cop asks for Chris's ID. It's interesting because he says that he doesn't have a driver's license and that he has a state ID. Yeah. Which doesn't, you know, a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was for a long time. The things we learn about Chris later, it makes perfect sense and we'll get into it more at that time. But I felt like Rose gets really defensive here. Yeah. And it feels like kind of performative wokeness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's a little much for me. I I can kind of see that. But the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, Rose. Like, yeah. Oh, like sticking what, up. Yeah. yeah well, the I cop asked too. for for Chris's ID and she's like, well, he wasn't driving. Why do you need to see his ID? No, that's bullshit. Why do you need to see? Which it kind of like, no, it I is. get it. Yeah. So I didn't, I mean, I can, I can see where you're coming from, but yeah. I was like, okay. Well, like, it's, be, it's because 
when they get back in the car, she's like, nobody's messing with my man. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck are you? Like, come on, dude. It's just, it's a, it's a lot. What are you going to do? You're going to put him in a headlock? Yeah. Right? You're going to take that cop? Yeah. Like, get, take your fucking belt off. We're going. Right. Like, come right. on. It's a citizen's arrest. Yeah. yeah. Are... Chill out. Like, you're not going to do shit. Well, Chris kind of tries to calm her down, but he's like clearly amused that she's right. kind of getting upset about it. Yeah. And, and he just shows his ID. Yeah. But the cop is kind of like, fuck this. Like, I'm yeah. like I, the cop yeah. just leaves. Yeah. So like you said, they get in the car and she's like happy with herself, it seems mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. But um, very quickly, they pull up to her parents' house and immediately the groundskeeper, Walter, played by Marcus Henderson, waves at them mm-hmm. as they're kind of driving onto the property. From kind of a faraway shot, we see them all greeting each other and they seem very warm. They hug Chris. Like there doesn't seem... Her parents. Her parents, yeah. There doesn't seem any moment of pause, you right. know, about anything. The estate is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I do want to know how rich do you have to be to where somebody working on the surrounding area isn't called a landscaper. They're called a groundskeeper. A groundskeeper. Yeah. They keep the ground. Like, you have grounds to keep. Yeah, That's, no, it's a lot. I, know. It's I a do, do want to say though, as it's... as super nice that it is and it looked really well kept and everything was bad i'd be even more worried you're in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> yeah. it's like That's why true. is this that nice what yeah. are you hiding you know what's going on? I I'd be nervous. Period. I've never had to deal with well, like an in law situation. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Just kind of like you're meeting on new top people. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, on top enough. of everything. I, else. Uh, and you're put in Chris's shoes to feel this discomfort already. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like every little thing is gonna be oh shit, man. That's even yeah, worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. But as they're greeting each other on the porch, the groundskeeper is just watching them. Yeah, they do this weird like pullback on the camera, and then it's just an over-the-shoulder shot of the groundskeeper just like it's yeah. almost it's a horror shot. <laughs> like it's genuinely it's what you would expect like Michael of a Myers? Michael Myers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a fucking Jason Voorhees watching the campers or That's something, funny. you know. So inside the house, Rose and Chris are sitting and talking with Rose's dad, Dean, played by Bradley Whitford, and her mom, Missy, played by Catherine Keener, who's... I love Catherine Keener. No, she's great. Everything I've seen her in. Yeah. And she's just... is very genuine. Yeah. They tell her parents that they had hit a deer, and Dean is, like, weirdly happy and goes on this spiel about how much he hates deer, and every time he sees one on the side of the road, he's like, yeah, like, one more down or whatever. Mm -hmm. See, and that hit me the wrong way, because it reminded me of that old racist ideology of... Like the only good one's a dead one. Yeah. That's kind of how he was no, talking like he, about the he deer. He literally says that the deer are taking over. Yes. Like and it's he a says, really it's a really weird stance to take about some deer. deer. Yeah, he yeah. said yeah, one down however many to go. Yeah. And it's like this a, it's a deer. It's a deer. Yeah. It's a deer, man. They freeze up when they see you. How yeah, threatening no, right. <laughs> they can they be? Yeah, yeah. Good for jerky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're sitting down and making kind of small talk and we find out that Rose and Chris have been dating for five months and Dean is like a dad joke machine oh, yeah. to the point where Missy is like apologizing for him because <laughs> he it, he's doing the most. Yeah. Finally, he's like, let me give Chris a tour of the house. And I thought it was weird that Rose doesn't go with them. Like, yeah. she just hangs out. Well, she's like, oh, I know the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah <right>. But, but <laughs> don't you realize shitty, how uncomfortable it is super for uncomfortable. Chris? Yeah. yeah. So this is why whenever I get married or whatever, I hope my future wife like hates her family or something because I never <laughs> want to fucking deal with this in-law situation. I'm an orphan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, on the tour, we find out that Missy is a psychiatrist and she sees her patients there in her home office. We see pictures of Rose's brother, Jeremy, who is away studying medicine, Dean says. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to be here this weekend. And I thought it was odd because Chris is like, oh, I've heard stories. And Dean goes, oh, I'm sure you have. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know. Oh, he's heard. Rose is probably like, my brother's an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the stories. You know what you told JP. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, I know all about those. He mentions that, Dean, mentions that his taste is eclectic, basically, because he's a traveler and he can't help bringing home souvenirs of other cultures. He actually yeah, says I, it's, such a, like, it's such a privilege to be able to experience someone else's culture, which it's like you're walking a line. It feels like the overbearing, like... Somebody who really wants you to know they're not racist. Yeah, yeah. I'm like so woke. Exactly, look at yeah. this sculpture. Yes, like it's, you know. <laughs> so they stop and look at a picture of Dean's late father. And he tells a story about his dad losing to Jesse Owens in the qualifying race for the 1936 Olympics. Mm-hmm. I just want to say very quickly, one of my biggest pet peeves in film, period, is when they have a photo of somebody from a long time ago and they've clearly just pasted somebody's face on another photo. The Photoshop is never good in these photos. And they insist on zooming in on them to show you just how shitty they are. I will never understand. It's just, you don't have to get an actor that looks, just take a fucking old photo of anyone. If you're never going to see them young, just take a picture. Nobody cares. I hate it so much, but... Unfortunately, they they committed that sin in this film. (laughs) Unforgivable. Well, Dean says that his dad never got over it, but Jesse Owens would later go on to win in front of Hitler, obliterating, you know, his superior race bullshit. Right. Right. (laughs) Again, more of the, I'm woke. (laughs) I am woke. Which, again, how bold do you have to be to be like, fuck Hitler, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, Chris? Yeah, wasn't he a dick? Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, they can't go in the basement because there's black mold in the basement uh, in this nice ass uh, house. And you have a housekeeper and a groundskeeper, <laughs> but you can't go in your basement because there's mold. Yeah. I feel like, like you need a new right. housekeeper. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so they go into the kitchen and Dean mentions that his mother loved the kitchen so much that they keep a piece of her there. Mm-hmm. But he never elaborates. No. He isn't like this spoon. <laughs> <laughs> we made her ashes into this. Spoon. Exactly. Yeah. But we are introduced to the housekeeper, Georgina, played by Betty Gabriel. And Chris's face is like, wow. OK, mm-hmm. which is now is a probably good time to mention that both the housekeeper and the groundskeeper are black. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, he's visualizing basically what we're all feeling watching the movie. Yeah, yeah the well, face is like, I mm, see. Okay, yeah. I get it. So they go outside and Dean explains that they have complete privacy here. John Paul, like you were saying, yeah. <laughs> the nearest neighbors are miles away, like across the whole lake. So it's like, cool. Why are you yeah. setting up a horror movie? Cool, yeah. man. It's, yeah. As cool as that would be still, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, you... I'm sorry. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. To his credit, Dean kind of points out the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, I get it. White family, black servants. I know how it looks. He says that he hired Walter and Georgina to take care of his parents. And when his parents passed away, they couldn't bear to let them go. 
Which in and of itself is odd because if that makes it sound like they're healthcare workers, no? Right, but then so it's like so oh, they got, they're they dead demoted. now. Here's an apron. Yeah. Like, I don't. How did get that to happen? Work, get to work. <laughs> like right. You're making it like it's a joy of yeah. some kind. Like oh, I get to stay here. We just couldn't let them go. It's like no, their <laughs> job is done. Yeah. But that in and of itself is weird. But I guess you kind of have to give him points for being like, look, I know how this looks. Right. right. Um, and he even says, I hate how it looks. It's just kind of the way that it ended. Up. Again, you're making a big deal out of something that if it's not a big deal, why are you talking about it so much? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But to really underline how much he hates how it looks, he lets Chris know that he would have voted for Obama a third time if he could have. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> I did want to say something really quick about that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of brands of racism, we can say. Mm-hmm. But there were two major types that MLK and Malcolm X spoke about. And it's the blatant kind of in your face type that people, you know, will throw slurs at you and fucking hate you for who you are. Right. Yeah. Then there's the other kind. That's this mild, benign racism that they probably wouldn't even call themselves racist. Or... Which is even scarier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the point that both MLK and Malcolm X made. Malcolm X actually said that the second group is the worst enemy of black people. And it's because they're the ones who profess their love and will kind of lull you into a false sense of security. He called them foxes. Mm -hmm. And he said that while we're running from the growling wolves of blatant racism, we run right into the jaws of the foxes. And the sad thing is they both want to eat us. And that's kind of how smart Jordan Peele is as a writer is because he's capturing the fox with Dean so perfectly and it's like i would vote for obama for a third he hasn't done it yeah you're really trying you know what i mean and yeah it's exactly right he has not said one thing pinpoint anything he's done wrong but you feel that and you're just like damn jordan peels it goddamn genius he's great it's it's incredible so in the next scene the four of them the parents rose and chris are on the patio having iced tea and they ask about chris's parents And he says that his dad wasn't really around and his mom died when he was 11 in a hit and run car accident. Mm -hmm. That's where I connected. Maybe that's why he doesn't drive. That's why he doesn't have a driver's license. That's so sad. And it's really sad. And so understated. Nobody ever connects it. A lesser filmmaker would say, Rose would be like, is that why you don't drive? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You still don't drive? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's good that they don't do that. Talking about it, you can tell he's nervous and he's kind of knocking on the table. Mm-hmm. And Dean is like, hey, do you smoke? Uh. And he says he's quitting. And Dean is like, oh, well, Missy can hypnotize you and take care of that. Mm. I'd be like, check. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. No, she can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, no. but Dean says he smoked for 15 years. And after one session with Missy, the thought of smoking makes him sick. And Chris is like, no, nah, I'm good. Which I think. Which you should be. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. of us would. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe the jury's out for me about hypnotism, period. Not in that situation. But that seems a little much. Yeah. Especially, I don't know you. No. And he Dean's like, it's a service we provide. Like, you, what, you would charge me otherwise? Right. <laughs> God damn. 
so they start talking about a party that they're having this weekend, I guess tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's a party that Dean's father used to throw every year. And they've continued his tradition by also throwing it every year. Rose is confused because she's like, that's that's this weekend? Missy's like, it's the yeah, same day every, the year. Same day every year. year. That was odd to me. It was Very weird because Rose is like, holy shit, that's this weekend? Yeah. Mm. Girl, like, come on. Yeah. But as Dean's kind of, you know, saying that his dad used to throw this party, Georgina is going around and filling everyone's glasses. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that Chris is the only one that says thank you. Yeah. But I had not noticed that. Yeah. Hmm. And she fills his is empty. She fills it last. And he's the only one that says thank you. She fills the full glasses first, his last. And he's the only one that thanks her. But as she's filling his glass, she like intensely zones out to the point where she overfills it and it spills out onto the table. And Missy like snaps at her and is like, why don't you go get some rest? It's like, damn. Yeah. I didn't even, I spilled a little tea. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't that big (laughs) a deal. It's a lot. So she does. She leaves. And right before the scene ends, the brother, Jeremy, played by Caleb Landry Jones, arrives. Dude, Caleb Landry Jones has the market cornered on always playing weird motherfuckers. Because yeah. <laughs> everything like, I've seen him in, The Last Exorcism, it. Twin Peaks, this, like, dude, weird motherfuckers can't get a break because he's <laughs> he's always playing him. But he plays it well. Yeah. So like, I, very well. I wonder if they just told him not to comb his hair. Or, <laughs> no. uh, Be yourself. Was that? Yeah. Just, Come as you are. I, I want to believe that he's like the most chill human being on the planet Earth and that he's just really good at playing these characters. One would hope. Yeah. yeah. So at the next scene, they're at dinner and Jeremy is doing what brothers do and telling embarrassing stories about Rose. And kind of tells a weird story that Missy is like, I'm gonna go get dessert. Like yeah. every the the mood is a little off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me it was. So Missy goes to get dessert and when the kitchen door opens, Georgina is just standing there, like ominously holding a cake. <laughs> Yeah, I've been waiting for you. Yeah, I thought that was weird. She's probably like, "Am I still in trouble for that?" Too? Yeah, Cause... I am sorry. <laughs> While she's gone, Dean asks Chris, "You know, what's your sport?" And Jeremy asks if he likes MMA. I thought it was interesting that right when he asked this, both Dean and Rose are like, "No, no, no! Like, let's not like." They both try to. Has this come up before? Is he you just one I mean? of those weird dudes yeah. that's like, "No, it's you know." Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but they both look like they want to stop it when right, he says right. that. Mm-hmm. So Chris says that it's like UFC is too brutal for him. And Jeremy explains to him about jujitsu being a mental game Mm -hmm. that the whole point is to stay three or four steps ahead of your opponent. Which is like, okay, dude, like yeah, we're, nobody. yeah. nobody's talking about this but you. Yeah. So then Jeremy's like, Did you do a lot of street fighting when you were a kid? Which is like <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? And then he tells him that with his frame and genetic makeup, he could be a beast if he pushed himself and trained. So very quickly, I just want to make a comment on that. A few years back, I was at work and my boss and I were talking about sports. Mm -hmm. And he said, did you play sports in high school? And I said, no. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah. He goes, man, with your genetic makeup, you could build muscle so quick and you would be just, you'd be a fucking killer out there. And I'm like... (laughs) 
what do you think that means? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know that like, Dave what? Chappelle joke where it's like something so racist you can't even get mad? You're just like, <laughs> God. I was like, God, I was. I was like, shit. And I just went back to work because I'm like, I can't even continue this. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say to you. Right, my breeder Dude. won't let me. No. <laughs> I was just so confused. I was like, genetic makeup? Like, uh, holy shit. Wow. Uh, Please detail so what you mean by that. I, I felt that for Chris, like, so close to home when he handles it oh beautifully like, like he's just kind of sitting there and smiling mm-hmm. and then missy comes in with the cake jeremy is like no no stand up like let me show you something like it is it's so mm-hmm. uncomfortable and i do want to also say the way he had said about it being a mental game you know three steps ahead and uh-huh. everything it felt threatening yeah no this whole oh, conversation yeah, he was just being a dickhead yeah like, it was just odd he literally gets up and is trying to pull chris out of his chair when mm-hmm. chris says no missy just goes jeremy and he stops yeah and was like well it wasn't gonna hurt him but like i mean like dinner is ruined like i don't want cake <laughs> like we're done it's like you tried to put me in a headlock you weren't yeah. gonna hurt me I yeah love carrot cake <laughs> like i'll stay for the cake i'll take right, a piece, to, a piece to, piece to the, the room carrot yeah. cake. <laughs> to go yeah <laughs> So that night in their room, uh, I guess Rose's old bedroom, I don't know. Rose is like ranting that Jeremy has never treated one of her boyfriends that way. Dean has been excessively saying, my man, over and over. And he had, he was. was. (laughs) It was a lot. And how Missy had snapped at Georgina was weird. Mm -hmm. She's like coming to this realization and Chris reluctantly is like, I I told you. what I was worried about. Um, Mm -hmm. She begs the question how are they any different than that cop and it's like damn like yeah it's i mean it's a it's a lot what i was kind of confused about in this scene so is she saying that her family is like she's finding out that they're racist or that they're just being weird because he's (laughs) he's a black guy or no i was confused too because especially when she made the comparison to the cop is she yeah, trying to say like she was like outraged by the cop? Yeah. yeah, really. All it does in effect is kind of just set up Chris to be able to say, "Yeah, yeah, I told you." Well, he you, does. You and, didn't yeah. think it. She and apologizes. Then we just lived it all yeah, night. It just <laughs> happened. So, I mean, shit. So in the middle of the night, I guess Chris wakes up to like a fly buzzing around. Yeah. There's a little tiny closet door in Rose's room that's open. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks at it, but that's all. He, the man slapped the fly on his face and didn't go wash his face or anything. <laughs> I was, that just kind of no, bothered me a yeah. little bit. He's was like, like, that was impressive. Yeah. The speed right? oh, to yeah. kill him. <laughs> no, but now cool. get up and go yeah, yeah, or get a tissue or something. He goes downstairs, kind of gets dressed and goes downstairs. And we get this like startling glimpse of Georgina, who is also wandering around downstairs. She quickly darts across like a hallway. Yeah. And it's like a musical sting yeah. of like a jump scare. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry. That's cheap for this I, movie. Ex- that's exactly yeah. what I thought. I'm yeah. like, this movie is better than this yeah. moment. It would almost be scarier if she just scurries by and there's no there's sound. No, no yeah. yeah, for sure. But mm. um, but they did what they did. They did. Um, so he's going outside to sneak a cigarette and Walter comes out of fucking nowhere sprinting at full speed toward Chris. Well, like, he was concerned about him smoking that cigarette. <laughs> he's he like, just, no, <laughs> cause cancer. I gotta stop him. <laughs> Saved his life. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like flying toward him, but he turns at the very last minute before hitting him. Too fast. Too fast. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a very jarring experience. And Chris does not smoke. No, he does it. not. Um, I will say when Walter is running towards him, the music is fucking horrifying. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. I know we talked about the song that opens the credits at the beginning of the film, but not enough can be said about Michael Abels, the composer of this mm-hmm. movie. He does an amazing job. And I read that Jordan Peele found him on YouTube. And this is the first That's film crazy. that he ever composed. That's really cool. And he right? did an amazing yeah. job. Oh, he did. Cool. And he is kind of a secret weapon in Jordan Peele's Us as well. Oh, man. Because the music is pretty incredible on that. Yes. So Chris is like, understandably a little shaken up (laughs) and he turns around toward the house and sees Georgina staring at her own reflection in the window inside. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like she hears something and kind of scurries off. Yeah. So Chris goes back inside and is starting to head back upstairs. And as he's passing Missy's office, she turns the light on and is like, do you know how dangerous smoking is? I'd be like, I'm, no, we're gone. I'd be like, yeah, uh, it's on the side of the pack. Good night. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even smoke. Like, yeah. yeah, that too. I'm out. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, I just went to get some fresh air. Right. You yeah. didn't smell like cigarettes. No. No, he didn't smoke. Nope. But she asked him to come and sit down with her, which I would be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. You were oh, already yeah. talking about hypnotizing me to stop smoking. You're talking about my smoking. You're asking mm-hmm. me to go in your office. I don't like anywhere where this is Not headed. at all. She's like, you know, I'd vote for Obama for a third time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <if> I could. <laughs> But he does. He goes and sits with her and she's drinking a cup of tea and she's stirring the tea. And she asks if he wants to know how hypnotism works. Mm. And I'd be like, I got to go to bed. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> that kid gave me diarrhea. I got to go to bed. Yeah, um, I would Fire Georgina okay the kid is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I drink too much tea. Um, he jokes about pocket watches and admits that he watched a lot of TV as a kid. And she continues to stir her cup and like chastises him for smoking around Rose. And then she asks about his mom, which is like really not cool. But yeah, she asks him where he was when she died and he doesn't want to answer, but does. Yeah. Because she just remains quiet and continues to stir her tea, like sitting in the uncomfortable silence until he said something. I was just going to say that you fill the silence. Yeah. It's a very smart move. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And the sound design during this scene of her stirring that tea, it just being this continuous sound in the background. That fills the room. It is so good. So he admits that he was home watching TV when his mom was hit by the car and she asked him to find the sounds in his head and hear it now. And he looks incredulous, but then he does. And we get a glimpse of him that night as a kid sitting on his bed and watching TV. And she keeps asking him questions. Why didn't he call anyone, you know, when his mom didn't come home? Mm -hmm. And he starts to laugh it off, but he looks like his eyes look so sad as he's like trying to smile and laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And then tears just start running down his face. And I feel like this is the point where we're like, oh, like Mm -hmm. something's happening here. And he says that he thought that if he called someone, it would make it real. And we see him as a kid again, and he's scratching the posts on his bed Mm -hmm. now in missy's office he's scratching the arms of the chair Mm -hmm. and he asks why he can't move and she tells him that he's paralyzed just like that day when he didn't do anything (sighs) which is pretty fucked up god damn lady yeah Yeah. and not enough can be said about the performances in this scene from both both of them. them yeah 
So all Chris can do is just sit there and cry and continue scratching at the chair. And Missy tells him to sink into the floor. (sighs) Suddenly he sinks like down into the chair and his child self sinks down into his bed and he's floating suspended in like this black nothingness with a TV shaped view of Missy above him. Mm hmm. He continues to sink and she's just getting further and further away. Seeing this in the movie theater on a big screen. Oh man, I wish I had. It was fucking incredible. I wish I had. It was incredible. Missy puts down her cup and we see the real physical Chris still sitting in the chair and tears are just flowing down his face. And the blackness, he looks up at her and she tells him that now he's in the sunken place. The sunken place is a very powerful concept and there's plenty of theories and fan theories. Mm -hmm. I've read a lot about different ideas, but at least from what I've read, the one that Jordan Peele mostly talks about is that it's supposed to represent marginalization of black voices to where you're in what feels like a void and you can scream as loud as you want, but nobody can hear you. Nobody hears you. And it's like, again, without the social commentary, it's already horrifying. Enough, yeah. But with that hand in hand with what you're seeing, it's just... It makes it such a powerful scene. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, he is trying to scream and he's trying to reach up at her, but he can't. Missy physically closes the eyes on his face. Oh, man. And then everything goes black for him in the sunken place. This is like terrifying. Oh, yes. And if this is okay to ask, Hmm. if anybody's ever been hypnotized or you're a hypnotist or whatever. Yeah. Please tweet at us and let us know if this is really, I mean, I'm sure it's not really, really how it is, but. but, Oh, hell yeah. At the Podmortem, please. What does it feel like? If you've experienced it or if if you do it, you know, let us know. know? We're on Instagram, Facebook, everything. We're everywhere. Anywhere. (laughs) Let us know because that's horrible. (laughs) That would be terrible. But then suddenly Chris wakes in his bed but he's still fully clothed. So it happened. I didn't even yeah. notice that. At least I really part of did, it happened. Because yeah. he did not have his uh, he jacket had no, on. He had no shirt on at all yeah, that's when right. he woke up. And so I'm wondering, how did he get back to bed? Yeah. What else happened? Yeah. Like, it, it's a, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. Or did he go back inside and go to sleep and in his just, clothes uh, and have yeah. a weird-ass no, dream? Yeah. yeah. Um, Rose is in the shower and... Chris's phone goes off and it's a picture of Sid from Rod, which is just adorable. (laughs) Yeah. But his phone is unplugged, so Mm -hmm. he plugs it back Mm -hmm. in. I guess later in the morning, Chris is out walking in the woods and taking photos. He's a photographer. He comes back to the house to see Georgina again in the upstairs window. And he gets a closer look at her through the lens of his camera. And she's pulling up her wig and kind of looking underneath it. Yeah. She turns toward him and he looks away like, oh, yeah, uh, bird he got busted, uh, yeah. sky. He pretends he's taking pictures of yeah. other things like, you got caught beeping, yeah. sir. <laughs> Better hope Georgina's not and like, hey, yeah. Rose, your yeah. fucking boyfriend is a <laughs> fucking creep out there with the camera. When he looks back up at the window, she's gone. Mm-hmm. He sees Walter chopping wood and goes over to talk to him. And when he tries to introduce himself, Walter's like, Oh, I know who you are. Yeah. Um, which I don't like. I yeah. think we talked oh, about no, that in the craft no, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Not at all. He is all smiles and it is 
exceedingly creepy. It's very eerie. And he says that Rose is lovely and apologizes for scaring Chris with his exercises last night. So I've never seen a workout like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he mentions, though, that Chris was in Missy's office for a long time. So did it work? Yeah. Um. And again, he's talking like it's the 1930s. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he. Because what does he say about Rose? He's like quite a fetching. Uh, you yeah. know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing, Something dude? Along those Chris lines. should have been like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's what, year, yeah. what year is it, man? Yeah. Um. But when Walter asked him about being in Missy's office, Chris kind of looks like he's remembering that that happened. Right. Yeah. And he says, oh, I had too much wine. I can't remember. But he kind of looks yeah. disturbed. And Walter's like, well, I'm just going to go back to work and mind my business. As Chris walks away from him, he takes out a cigarette and looks at it disgustedly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hmm. It, maybe it did work. Yeah. Uh, when Walter chops the wood, it's not a good chop. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to put that out He's there. He's no uh, dad from the witch. No, yeah. he is not. <laughs> That would just, I don't know, that would bother me, though. I'm going to go mind my business. Uh -huh. Hold on. What, you yeah, already, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you know? Mm -hmm. What's going on? No, mind my business. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, hold on, hold on. yeah. But upstairs in the room, Chris tells Rose that Missy hypnotized him last night mm -hmm. and that the thought of a cigarette makes him want to throw up. And he had horrible dreams of being like stuck in a hole. And Rose is like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> nothing more than that. Or OK, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he tells her that Walter was just really hostile to him and he thinks that maybe he has a thing for her. And Rose jokes about it and Chris immediately just shuts it down and dismisses it. Outside, though, black luxury cars are all pulling up. Mm -hmm. And I guess the party's starting. But Walter is downstairs hugging all of the guests as they come in. Right. Yeah. Which it's like, damn, you're like a part of the family, but yeah. you're out here on party day chopping yeah. wood. Like, it's confusing. <laughs> the division of labor is kind <laughs> yeah, of dog no. shit. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah. And you're still in your work clothes and <laughs> your hat. And, yeah. But, um, Take a day off. Yeah. He's out there hugging everybody. And so the next scene, we are at the party. Mm -hmm. And Rose is kind of telling Chris to smile. I guess he's already uncomfortable. Mm. She takes him over to an older white couple. Mm -hmm. And the husband compliments the grip of his handshake and immediately asks if he can play golf. And the wife explains that the husband was a pro golfer. And now that he uses his cane, he can't play like he used to. But he knows and loves Tiger. <laughs> We have that in common because I love Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely what he was talking uh, about. Yeah, for sure. And then he asked to see Chris's form. Yeah. Is this when we kind of get the montage of benign racism? Yeah, yes. We meet another couple with an older husband in a wheelchair. The woman tells Chris that he's handsome and then starts squeezing his arm like yeah. she's testing fruit. Well, <laughs> And she no joke. Yeah, yeah, but her husband is like nodding in approval no. in the background. S squeeze it harder, honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she asks Rose, "So is it true? Is it better?" And she and looked down at Chris's crotch. Well, yeah. And uh, they're like, "Wow." Uh, <laughs> Another couple lets Chris know that black is back in fashion. Oh, good to know. Phew. Yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> so Chris understandably excuses himself to go take some photos. Yes. And he's looking around through his camera and sees Dean <laughs> po 
point him out to a group of people and wave him over. Dude, well, he, he doesn't go over no, there. Well, yeah. no, he points him out and Dean goes, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, jeez. Damn, dude. What's weird is that in the scene or one of those when he's doing with the camera, that lady in the red dress behind him is like eyeing the shit out of him. Really? Yeah. I didn't I, even catch she, that. Yeah, she's like looking at his ass and smiling and it's like she's like just like, mm. like oh, shit. There's another point where I noticed that. I'll talk about it in just a second. It's weird. I did notice that a lot of people at the party are wearing red. Yes. I don't know... You know, but that's odd. Yeah. He sees another black guy, like, getting snacks from the buffet, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. And I don't go to fancy parties. And, um... (laughs) That's when the lady is like, yeah, mm, yeah. He immediately goes over to tell him that it's a relief to see him there. Right. And when the guy turns around, we see that it's Dre from the beginning. beginning. Yeah. But with his facial hair shaved off and wearing like. I don't know how else to describe it, but (laughs) like. Straw hat or something. Yeah. (laughs) It's like elderly, like. Yeah, it's like it's old, like old, old fashioned, old like yeah, you know, it's, it's not what he was wearing at the beginning. No, he was dressed um, as a youth. Yes. <laughs> so his wife comes over, who is a much older white woman, right, and introduces him as Logan. He's like, oh, he was just telling me how comfortable he is with me here. I'd it's be like, like motherfucker, dude, that's the code. Don't <laughs> fucking between yeah. me and you. <laughs> it's never heard of here. Chris looks very uncomfortable. And the wife is like, oh, I need to take Logan away because, uh, you know, these people are asking about him or whatever. So Chris goes to give Logan like a fist bump and Logan goes to shake his hand and palms his hand. It's like a very awkward. (laughs) It's pretty awkward. We've all been in that situation before. And it sucks. So the wife leads him away over to a group of white people mm-hmm. and he's literally spinning around like yeah. showing himself off yeah and like a couple of them are literally applauding like it's very weird yeah weird Chris literally goes what the fuck yeah and i love that he said that because he's literally speaking for the audience no yeah you know how rare it is to have a horror protagonist that is Has you? a brain and is yeah. like yeah noticing that this shit is it's not, not cool yeah, yeah. He goes over to the gazebo and there are a bunch of chairs set up and facing it. But there's only one man sitting there. It's a blind man who introduces himself as Jim Hudson, played by Stephen Root. Mm -hmm. Stephen Root. So underrated. No, he's so great. He's not just Bill Dotrieve. (laughs) But he is Bill Dotrieve. He is, but he is an incredible actor. And Chris recognizes him as a gallery owner. Jim is blind, but his assistant describes art to him in amazing detail Mm -hmm. and he knows that chris has an eye and that his work is powerful and he's like complimenting him which i'm sure is honestly the work that we saw at the beginning yeah was some really great photography i don't know who actually did the photos for right i'm sure it wasn't him but but it it's really great photography um he's even says that before he lost his sight he tried to be a photographer but he doesn't have right the eye that chris does like no pun intended mm-hmm. but chris goes back inside and all the guests are kind of chattering among themselves but when he goes upstairs they go completely quiet and they're looking up at the ceiling where he's walking or where he is it's incredibly eerie yeah, I, I I was confused. I was like, why did they all get quiet? It's like, quiet? what is yeah, happening? Like, what the fuck's going on? It's like 
every time they're acting normal, it's just for show. Yeah, That's what it yeah. made it seem like. like. All right, he's gone. We can. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be ourselves. Chris goes up to the room and finds that his phone is unplugged again, and it's completely dead, so mm-hmm. he plugs it back in, and he notices Georgina cleaning in the next room. Well, Rose comes upstairs annoyed with him for leaving her, which is like, these are what, your people. Yeah, what did you expect? Um... Yeah. It's your family's yeah. friends or whatever. Yeah. Not I don't even have to be here. Right yeah. after the shit that was just going on down there. Yeah. It's like, you really no. want me to hang out? No. Like, come on. Um, tell them I got a headache. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. good. Something. And so the other night you were on board with mm-hmm. saying your family was weird, but this you're mad at me How for? How dare you? Yeah. Are you yeah, out of your yeah. mind? He tells her that Georgina unplugged his phone and that he thinks that she might not like the fact that they're together. Mm-hmm. And again, she makes a joke about it. And again, Chris just shuts it down and dismisses uh, it. Such an ally making him feel crazy. Yeah, gaslighting him. Yeah, yes. But she gets annoyed by him shutting down and leaves. Mm-hmm. Chris calls Rod, who's at his apartment with Sid. I don't know if he's staying there while yeah. he's gone. but <laughs> I guess so, man. Um, And he's venting about how everybody's acting at the party. And he tells Rod about being hypnotized. And Rod is not... <laughs> down with it no he again like you said speaks for the audience and he goes how are you not afraid of this yes uh red flag red flag red flag <laughs> yeah he's not wrong um, no hey the party goers are wearing red yeah maybe they are <laughs> they're red all flag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and rod goes on this rant about jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> and is, his activities yeah, he's just so funny but he is in this moment he's all of us yelling at Chris to pay attention. This yeah. is not right. Quit the shit. Mm-hmm. We we don't get hypnotized by like <laughs> yeah, don't no. do this. Yeah, especially if your phone keeps getting unplugged. Yes. Enough, sit your ass on the bed. Yeah, yes. just, this is where yeah. I am until you the party's wait over. The yes. weekend out. Exactly. Yeah. Chris even says that the black people around here act like they've missed the movement. And Rod says they're probably hypnotized, mm-hmm. which when I was watching this is exactly what I yes. thought the first time I watched it. Exactly what I mm-hmm. thought the first time I watched it. Chris gets off the phone as Georgina comes into the room and she apologizes for unplugging his phone. But she was cleaning the dresser and picked up the phone to clean underneath it. And it came unplugged and she just left it that way, which She said to not further disturb it. It's like, well, wouldn't you rather just return it to how you found it? One would think. Mm. He apologizes for snitching her out, but she doesn't understand what snitch means. Yeah. I get she's a tiny woman, but it's reasons like this that I always carry a knife. You don't (laughs) know. Hey, if she she would have attacked his ass, but she hasn't done anything except she's acting weird. She's acting very weird. Everybody's acting very weird. Why not just (laughs) just in case? Just just in case. case. I'm just saying. A little insurance, I suppose. Um, Hey, I'd rather have it and not need it than you know. Fair. Once he explains to her what he means by snitching on her, she assures him that it's fine because she doesn't answer to anyone. Little odd. Yeah, She's like, you got yelled was... at for pouring too much tea. Yeah, so you maybe don't answer. Well, you might want to talk to Missy about that because she down was on your ass. <laughs> Chris says that when he's around too many white people, he just gets a little nervous. And Georgina looks weird as fuck it's... when he says that. A lot. Her breath gets shaky. She gasps and forces a smile, 
but tears are running down her face just like Chris when he was being hypnotized. I want to say this movie got a lot of recognition during award season, Mm -hmm. but Betty Gabriel. Yeah. She should have. For some kind of supporting actress situation, she earned it in this scene alone. Just the scene, yeah. But, but she, I don't think she got nominated for anything. She should really? have. She did yeah. a good job. Yeah. Like, she should have. But she keeps repeating, no, 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 <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, While tears are. Yeah, tears are running down her face, but she's still smiling and saying, oh, that's not my experience. Like, yeah. they're really good to us. They treat us like family. And then she leaves and Chris goes, this bitch is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. Nice. Right. <laughs> um. Chris goes back downstairs and Dean calls him over to meet a group of white people. But there's one older Asian man with them. Right. And I am I crazy, but I don't remember him seeing him there. Anywhere at the party before. Yeah. But in front of this group of people, the Asian man asks Chris if being African-American is an advantage or a disadvantage in the modern world, which feels (laughs) he's so put on the spot. In front of the script. Like, it, it is so weird and uncomfortable. You ever feel out, fill out an essay for, like, a scholarship? That's the kind of shit they ask. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what it felt like. But Chris is like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. But he calls Logan over to give his opinion. Again, genius move. Yeah. yeah. Genius move. Yeah. Logan's answer is that, in his experience, the African-American experience has been very good. <laughs> Isn't that kind of similar to what Georgina said? Yeah. Upstairs? Yeah. That's not my experience. Exactly. Yeah. But he can't really go into detail about it because he hasn't really felt like leaving the house lately. Yeah. And then he kind of laughs with his wife. Yeah. It's like, don't change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> and don't make us think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Please, no. So Chris does... What I would have done, but I would have done a better job of it. Uh, Yeah, more discreet. You're a photographer. (laughs) (laughs) He sneaks a picture of Logan, but the ka-chink sound goes off. The flash goes off. No, it's it's a complete fail. And Chris is like, shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, in front of everyone, (laughs) mind you. My bad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we see the flash reflected in Logan's eyes and Everything stops. Like, nobody's moving, nobody's talking. Logan gets this pained look on his face, and his nose just starts bleeding. Yeah. And what seems to be the first genuine time that he speaks, he rushes to Chris and grabs him and screams at him to get out, get out of here. But the thing is, he doesn't seem angry or hostile. He seems scared and like he's trying to help him. It's like a warning. Yeah. It's not like, you you took a picture of me. Get the fuck out out of the party. (laughs) No, it's it's really. Well, his like his eyes are like glowing. Yeah. Like, I wonder what happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That flashed like did something. But they all pull him off of Chris. And I noticed that Jeremy is one of the people pulling him away, mm. which I don't know where he even yeah, came from. Where have you but been? Yeah. And the next scene, Rose and Chris are sitting on the couch inside and everybody else is like standing around them. And they explain away that reaction as him having a seizure. No. <laughs> No, yeah, that is not, not what happened. Not even close to yeah, what a no. seizure is. But As I've said numerous times on this show, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's how that, that was works. not a seizure. No. Missy comes in with Logan and says that he's feeling much better. 
he's weird and calm again and apologizes to everyone. It's like, yeah, he put him in the room with the hypnotist uh-huh. yeah, and then come back. Yes. Missy's just like, oh, we're just happy you're yourself again. And what's funny is like, there, <laughs> Dean's like, it happened because of that flash. Like, he's yeah. completely it putting it on. It was Chris's yeah. fault. And he's a neurosurgeon, correct? Yeah, yeah. So everybody is, of course, going to take his, right. Yeah. you know. He would be the authority. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But Chris apologizes to Logan and he's like, oh, it's fine, uh, but I'm going to go home now. And him and his <laughs> wife leave. And to save the party, Dean proposes sparklers and bingo. Interesting. Which sounds like a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. This um, is a party after all. Yes. <laughs> Rose is like, we're going to go for a walk. And she grabs Chris and they leave. But Dean turns to the rest of the guests and goes, shall we? So in the next scene, they're kind of sitting, I guess, by the lake, Chris and Rose. Mm-hmm. And Chris tells Rose that his cousin is an epileptic and mm-hmm. that was not a seizure. But like you said, Rose is like, well, my dad's a neurosurgeon, so. <laughs> yeah. Not really listening to you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but Chris says that in the moment that Logan came at him, he felt like he knew him. Mm-hmm. Not the way he'd been acting oh, before, yeah, yeah. but in that specific moment. Now we flash over to the gazebo and Dean is hosting a silent auction with the bingo cards Mm -hmm. somehow. Back at the lake, Chris says that Missy got into his head and now he's thinking things that he doesn't want to be thinking, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he needs to leave, and Rose is like, oh, like, without me, I guess. Like, like, this is not the time for this. Yeah, this isn't about you. Not at, at all. all. I get that's his girlfriend and all that, but I'd just be like, I gotta go. Yeah, you, know, you can sorry. come or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how he, at first, takes it. He's yeah. like, look, you know, I gotta get out of here. We flash back over to the gazebo, and the auction is continuing, but the camera pans out to see a huge framed photo of Chris behind Dean. In that moment, again with Jordan Peele calling upon history, it made me think of slave auctions. No, for sure. Mm. And it was incredibly uncomfortable very quick. Well, it's like a gasp moment. Yes. Because it's like the worst thing you could think of, him being in this situation. Oh, yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Jim wins the auction and Missy and Jeremy are watching. And I noticed that Jeremy looks a little pissy. Yeah, I did. I know. Yeah, I don't that understand too. that at all. I have a theory. Okay. It's just, I mean, it's just a theory, but we'll talk about that later. Back by the lake, Chris tells Rose that his mom survived being hit by the car, but she bled to death when nobody came to help her. Mm-hmm. Nobody was looking for her because he didn't call anyone when she didn't come home. Right. He tells Rose that she's all he has now and that he's not going to leave without her. Mm-hmm. So Rose is like, OK, let's go home. When they walk back up to the house, it's nighttime and everyone's leaving. Mm-hmm. Jeremy is on the porch plucking at a ukulele. Yeah. Which is unsettling. <laughs> it made me almost think of deliverance. Yes. Yeah. I thought <laughs> you know? the same thing. I yeah. did too. Georgina and Walter smile at Chris as they walk by. Dean also smiles at him. Missy does not smile at him. No. Which. Why? I don't know. Upstairs in the room, Chris sends a picture of Logan to Rod. Mm -hmm. And Rod immediately calls and identifies him as Dre. 
Rod is freaking out and like telling him to get the fuck out <laughs> yeah, of there. Yeah. Chris's phone dies while they're talking. It makes me laugh because Rod's like, God damn it, I think his phone died. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking kills me, man. Chris tells Rose <laughs> that they need to leave now. Yeah. And she goes to get her bag. Chris notices that that tiny closet is open again. Right. And he goes inside and sees a shoebox. He opens up the shoebox and inside there are pictures of Rose when she was younger. Then he flips through them and sees multiple selfies of her with black men. Mm -hmm. The last two selfies are of her with Walter and Georgina all hugged up. Mm -hmm. And they look like modern humans. I know. (laughs) Like they don't look like fucking 1930s. Yeah. Um, but it's a picture of her and Walter and a picture of her and Georgina. He puts everything back. And when he closes the door to that closet, Rose is standing there mm-hmm. and he asks Rose where the keys are so they can get the fuck out of there. And she's looking for them in her bag. She can never find them. She's really calm for Super catching calm. him in her closet. Yeah. <laughs> like, which I, I, I want to talk about yeah, that. In a I have questions oh. about that. And, and I know this is a little off topic, but women, I think, don't understand how much power they have over men. <laughs> like, even through everything that's going on, he's still willing to leave with her because yeah. he cares for her. And he thinks I'd have jumped that, out the window. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> when she said, without me, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yes, I am. <laughs> They go downstairs and Jeremy is blocking the door. Yeah, and he's got what was it? Uh, I think a lacrosse. That's stick what it was. Twirling, yeah. twirling it. Mm-hmm. And Missy comes out with her teacup, and it's kind of like, oh fuck, like final Great. showdown status. Mm-hmm. Rose says that Chris's dog is sick and they need to leave right now. Right, decent um, excuse. Yeah, Chris keeps asking her where are the keys. Where are the keys? Mm-hmm. Where are the keys? Dean is like leaning on the fireplace, mm-hmm. looking into the fire and starts saying some weird shit, asking Chris what his purpose is in life, <laughs> saying that fire is an expression of mortality. And yeah. one day even the sun will die. But the God, we are the gods wrapped in cocoons. Yeah. And like, like, can you not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Chris is like, well, my purpose is uh, getting them goddamn yeah. keys. <laughs> He's like, Rose, right. the keys. Right. And again. Hip, being hypnotized aside, knife comes in handy. <laughs> right? You're like, you should have brought right. it. Right. Rose is crying and frantically looking for the keys. Chris is like yelling at her to find them at this point. He's, it's like po- it's full on panic and, mode. Yeah, yeah. And if there was any semblance of, no, everything's fine. We just need to leave. That's it's gone. gone. Yeah. Jeremy swings at Chris with the lacrosse stick. The look on Chris's face when he does that is haunting because it's in that moment he's like, all, fuck. The veil is Everything lifted. is, yeah, yeah. All the tiptoeing around what's happening is gone. Yeah. This dude is trying to attack me. Mm-hmm. And Rose is like, what the fuck? Yeah. He asks Rose where the keys are, but the way he says it is like, where, where are the keys? Like, he yeah. knows. Yeah. And her face goes from all upset to normal, and she's like, you know, I can't yeah. give you the keys. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I'm a part of this. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so when he found those pictures and Rose was still on board with everything, trying to find the keys ready to leave with him. Did he believe her? I thought that she was unwillingly playing a part in whatever was going on. And then maybe after the fact, her mother was hypnotizing her to forget that she met these people, that she knew these people or even dated. So she really is trying to get out of there. So in that moment when she does is, and she's like, you know, I can't give you the keys, babe. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because honestly, now that I know you're a part of it, 
it. Why did you leave all that shit in your closet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why did you let him see it? Yeah. Why, you know, now I got more questions. I think it might have worked a little bit better if maybe she wasn't a part of it. But knowing yeah. now that she is, you're like, oh, you're just as bad as them. So why did you leave so many loose threads? I think it's scarier that she's a part of it. Oh, yeah, of course. But yeah, I thought the same thing about... Like, hide those pictures, man. Yeah, that's like, step one. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they're in there, and she, like, that's what I'm saying. She was really calm. He's going through your shit, and you're just like, hey. You ready to go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe because she knew what was about to come, she's like, oh, it won't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd have found that yesterday, no, that'd be no, a problem. Some problems problem. before the party. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris just drops his bag, like, because he knows he's defeated. He rushes Jeremy, but Missy taps her spoon against the cup and Chris immediately collapses it's, like hard. Yeah. He just freezes up and just he's slowly gone. Yeah. falls to the ground. Missy tells Dean to help Jeremy carry him downstairs because Jeremy has already damaged him enough. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, he swung at him, but he didn't hit him. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, Chris is in the sunken place again. And from his view, looking up at that little TV shaped whatever, right. Rose looks down at him and says, you were one of my favorites. And she like blows a kiss. Yeah. And the shot of him falling into the sunken place Deeper, is yeah. amazing. It is. Uh, I will say they used his smoking as a means to get control of him through this hypnosis. Mm -hmm. What do you think they use for the others? Yeah. And also, this movie is the most effective non-smoking ad I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of smoking, um, at the airport on his smoke break, Rod is trying to call Chris. When he's there, you hear over the intercom, they're paging flight 237, yes. which is a reference to The Shining. Yes. Just have to <laughs> throw take that a shot. in there. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Later in Chris's apartment, Rod is feeding Sid and he's still calling Chris. Yeah. And he Googles Dre and finds out that he's been missing for six months, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. Fuck. Also, the TV is playing and you hear somebody say the mind is a terrible thing to waste. It's another cameo from Jordan Peele. Yeah. (laughs) Which clearly is Jordan Peele. That one was definitely Jordan Peele. The deer was shocking. This one was (laughs) straight Jordan Peele. Also, I've never seen anybody use Bing in my life. That's the most unbelievable thing about this movie. (laughs) And they use it again later. Yeah. I think I literally said he Googles him. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. nobody. And he binged uh, Dre. (laughs) Back at the Armitage house, Chris wakes up strapped to a chair and there's a mounted deer head on the wall, like looking down at him. Mm -hmm. There's this old school TV sitting there and it turns on by itself and a video plays and it's like an infomercial. It's uh, pretty slickly produced, though. It is. It's telling him that he's been chosen for his physical advantages and natural gifts for a procedure that they call the coagula procedure. Mm hmm. And that this procedure is a man-made miracle. The video is hosted by Dean's father. And at the end, the whole family comes out, including a young Rose and Mm -hmm. Jeremy. And the screen gives way to the spoon stirring inside the teacup. And Chris is gone again. He passes out. Right. That um, shot of them standing there Mm -hmm. is the same picture that when he was looking at him earlier when he first got to the house. That's pretty cool, uh, man. Because I, I, when I was watching it, like I said, the second time I paid attention a lot more. And I was like, hey, that's the picture when he first got Jeez, there and he was looking crazy. on the wall. Oh, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie. Yeah, there it is. It is, like you said at the top, absolutely worth at least a second watch. At least. Um, because even on like the third and fourth, you're, you're still like, going to notice yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
So now Rod is at the police station with Sid. <laughs> I, it's like, well, okay. he couldn't leave him. Yeah. Although um, he was at work earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a police officer played by Erica Alexander, which I was like, oh, okay. Um, she seems pretty annoyed with him already. Yeah. He tells her that Chris has been missing and he shows her a picture of Dre, who has also been missing. And his theory is that the Armitage family is brainwashing black people and turning them into sex slaves. And she's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and she brings two detectives in and makes them tell the story again. And they all just laugh at him. <laughs> But the sad thing is, he's, he's not that he's far not, off. No, and honestly, Dre was kind of being used as a sex slave. Yeah, he was. Specifically. Yeah, and he was. I feel like if he would have just started smaller, he could have <laughs> gotten them <laughs> on board. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I, that's one thing, too, that, like you were saying, things that bug you about movies. Uh-huh. And this was kind of one of them, where somebody tries to reach out or whatever and the cops are just like oh shut up yeah. you know what i mean i mean yeah it sounds funny but but like this is an you, actual yeah missing person. wouldn't you be like yeah. okay let's look him up real yeah. quick and see yeah then you could see he's been missing for six months mm-hmm. you say he's where now you know what yeah I mean? we'll send someone to go check it out she's like he doesn't look missing to me and yeah, then that's it like, it's like well but he is though he is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because people are looking for yeah. him yeah Back at Chris's apartment, Rod is taking notes and trying to put the pieces together, but he can't. Dude, he writes magic and then crosses it out. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I don't know what he's trying to piece together, honestly. He's doing his best. And again, he's not that far off. No, he's not. Magic. Yeah. It's like, shit, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, that's that's not it. He calls Chris's phone again and Rose answers. She said that he got paranoid, freaked out, and left in a cab two days ago, but he left his phone there at the house. Mm -hmm. We see her sitting at the table talking to him on the phone with emotion in her voice, but literally nothing going on on her face. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yes. Because there is a lot of emotion in that voice, but she is stoic. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Rod is like, okay, well, what cab company did he use? Mm-hmm. And when she fumbles for an answer, he puts her on mute and is like, this lion bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he goes, that TSA shit tingles. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know. That's so funny. He's so good. Even in a tense scene like this. Yeah. He's hilarious. Um, he sets up to record the rest of the call. Mm-hmm. And he gets back on the phone and he's like, hey, so I hear that there's some hypnotizing going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> line of questioning is a yeah. little too. Again, Rod, start small. Exactly. Start small. She was like, look, just stop. And she tells him that they both know he really called because there's something in between them. And she knows that he's always wanted her. And Rod gets angry and <laughs> freaks out and hangs up on her. And he's like, God damn, she's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that kills me. Well, he says, fuck you. Bye. <laughs> She's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and she is, honestly, no, because yeah. she got she had his number. That's so funny. That kills me every single time. <laughs> the way it cuts so quick, it's perfect pacing comedically. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> and Rose's whole family has been watching this conversation. Right. Back in the, like, dear trophy room Mm -hmm. in his sleep chris has been scratching at the arms of the chair again and now cotton is exposed Mm -hmm. and sticking out of the chair the tv comes on again and shows jim with his head shaved wearing like a hospital gown Mm -hmm. and 
Chris wakes up and Jim talks to him directly and says that there's an intercom for him to answer him. He tells him that he's one of the lucky ones because Jeremy's way of wrangling sounds much less pleasant than Rose's. Yeah. And I think this at this moment, Mm. you're like, he was the one that took Dre at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He tells Chris that he needs to make sure that Chris understands what's happening because understanding of the process increases its success rate, which is also a really good way to expositionally explain what's happening. Phase one was the hypnotism. Phase two is the mental prep. And phase three is going to be the transplantation. They're going to essentially remove Chris's brain and put Jim's brain in Mm -hmm. Chris's head. But there's a piece of Chris's brain that will stay attached. So a sliver of him is always going to be inside his body with limited consciousness. Mm -hmm. He will be able to see and hear, but only as a passenger in his own body. Right. Horrifying. Yeah. The sunken place. Yes. Perpetually. Which is what Chris says. Right, Mm -hmm. right. That's the sunken place. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's what she calls it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, we know the keywords, but you're ready for the operation, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He thinks about the sunken place and the moments with Georgina and Dre kind of seeming like they're trying to break through Mm -hmm. and he gets it. Right. Interestingly, people have pointed out that when Georgina spills Chris's tea, Mm -hmm. it's because... Missy's spoon hits the side of her glass as she's stirring it, and she triggers into the hypnotism. So it's just incredible. The layers. So good. Chris asks why black people, basically. Yeah. And Jim explains the pros that some people want to inhabit a black person to be stronger, faster, or cooler. And Chris is thinking about all the guests at the party. Yeah, who basically expressed just yeah, that. Yeah, and Jim says he doesn't care what color he is. He wants his eye. That's all he cares about. See, and that, again, is just the hats off to Jordan Peele because when Jim makes the distinction to say that he's not racist, he doesn't admit that he's benefiting from taking advantage of a racist yes. system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's just insane. And then... On top of that, the historical stuff with medical experiments. You've got yeah. Tuskegee. Yeah, that's exactly quote, what I was thinking. Father of gynecology who experimented on black slave women. Like this echoes all of that, and he doesn't have to say any of it. And now it's the coagula, right? Procedure, procedure, something. <laughs> <laughs> Process, procedure, something. Would that even really work, though? I d- I. I mean, if I'm I, I put doctor, my brain right? in your body, would that? I mean. Well, I don't think that. I mean, (laughs) I don't know that anyone's attempted a brain transplant. I'm sure someone has. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer did. I (laughs) bet. Hey, and this is in a basement, so. Um, It's at this point that Chris notices the cotton coming out of the arms of the chair, Mm -hmm. but the spoon clicks in the tea again on the TV, and he passes back out. Mm -hmm. So now we're in like a makeshift operating room. And Dean is putting on his scrubs and getting ready. Jeremy brings him his instruments and Dean begins cutting off the top of Jim's head. (laughs) But the surgical suite, as it is, is lit entirely by candlelight. It's got to be romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Setting the tone, man. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy goes with the wheelchair to get Chris. And after Jeremy takes off his 
straps and kind of undoes him, we see Dean drilling inside of Jim's head. Ooh. Yeah. But, I mean, the stuff that you see, it's done tastefully. It is. Yeah. What you hear is pretty gruesome, but you don't yeah. see it. No. It, it's not like, you know, hostile. Yeah. yeah. While Jeremy's back is turned, Chris takes a lacrosse ball mm-hmm. and bashes Jeremy's head. Chris removes cotton from his ears as Jeremy is like bleeding out on the floor. Right. I read that Jordan Peele especially had that chair made to fit cotton into the armrest because of the message he was trying to get across, mm-hmm. which is basically that Chris picked cotton to free himself. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, (laughs) I can't even man. The horror can be such an amazing vehicle for social commentary, but it's rarely used as such. Mm -hmm. Not at this level. No. Um, My only thing about this is we saw Chris pass out, though. And I know he could have done that to be faking because I know there's an intercom and there could be a camera. But like he noticed the cotton and then he passed out like when did he when was he able to do well, that but how long have we waited mm-hmm. and all, i, don't I know. mean but the thing is is that dean's upstairs too busy cutting melons in half before he has his second patient I... ready yeah <laughs> maybe maybe they were distracted is what i'm trying to say i don't know just something to think about yeah um dean steps out of the operating room and he's like where's my where's the other body like yeah and Chris impales him with the antler of the mounted deer head that was up on the wall. A bit of irony, as Dean had said earlier about how much he hates deer. And Killing he, all the deer. Yeah. Um, interestingly, and I think they mentioned it on Horror Noir, mm-hmm. and another little hidden message from Jordan Peele, and the Reconstructionist South, a buck was a slang term for a black man who would not submit to white authority. Hmm. And so Dean mentioning how much he hates deer. Yeah. You know, and then in turn him being killed by the antlers of a buck. It's I mean, pretty do I really deep. need to say more? <laughs> no. Um, it's just wow. And I I never had even heard that term. Yeah. No, me neither. Yeah. Like the other thing I read in the same vein, Missy, the name of the mother, mm-hmm. Missy is apparently what they used to call the wife of the slave master on plantations. Oh my God. And so it's like <laughs> everything is there. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, but as Dean falls after being impaled, he knocks over his romantic surgical lighting (laughs) um the candles fall and promptly start a fire chris goes into the kitchen and georgina fucking books it like she takes (laughs) off chris grabs his phone and he and missy kind of lock eyes and then both race for the teacup Mm. and chris knocks that shit over (laughs) and breaks it they just look at each other for a second and then missy grabs a letter opener and stabs chris through through his hand and he yeah. takes it oh yeah no <laughs> but then he stabs her with it presumably through the eye i guess so we don't see it we don't see it but yeah. with the with it still through his hand mm. i would have not been nice to that lady <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry so as Chris goes to leave, Jeremy comes out of fucking nowhere because this dude was bleeding out. Yeah, yeah, what is Jeremy made of? Because <laughs> yeah. he's the God. beast. That's what, That's yeah. What. He's like, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, yes. um, he jumps on Chris's back and is like yeah. choking him out. And Chris keeps trying to open the front door and Jeremy kicks it closed every time he opens it. Well, 
he's like being choked out. But I feel like it's a callback to the jujitsu conversation. Yes. About being three moves mm-hmm. ahead. Chris opens the door again so that Jeremy can kick it shut again. And in that moment, Chris stabs him in his leg yep. with the letter opener. It's intelligence. Yeah. He got him. Yeah. It had nothing to do with his genetic <laughs> yeah, fucking no. makeup. Yeah. yeah, no, none of that shit. This time, there's no chance of Jeremy coming back. No, uh, Chris stomps his head in. <laughs> yeah, well, he should have. Yeah. Upstairs, we see Rose with a bowl of dry Fruit Loops and a glass of milk, mm-hmm. and she's eating the Fruit Loops individually and taking a sip of milk. Um, she's looking up black athletes. On the computer? On Bing. On Bing? On Bing. <laughs> Make sure. On Bing, yeah. yeah. And listening to I Had the Time of My Life, because uh, I guess this is, this is the shit. I think she is scouting. Well, yeah, but athletes... I mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, they have somebody that asked hmm. for an athlete's bot. I mean, yeah. who the fuck knows? Oh, yeah. I, but, I did read. I, don't, I didn't see it myself, but I mm-hmm. read on IMDb that the computer screen, one of the perspective... NCAA athletes was Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but I want to go back and I'm gonna check have that to out because that's look. hilarious. That's funny. Um, one thing that I that kind of bothered me is that, like, at first glance, it's really cool. But then, if you think about it logistically, behind her are all the pictures that Chris found, but they are framed now. I feel like it would have made more sense if he found them yeah. hidden in the closet, framed. Oh, but like okay. after yeah, everything, yeah. she's okay. Let me go back upstairs and yeah, put the shit back in the yeah, frame. Everything like, is cats out of the bag. So. Yeah. Um. Outside, Chris jumps into Jeremy's car, which is the car we saw at the beginning. Right. Because we see that helmet in the in the pa- but. To me, that was a little bit of overkill because that the helmet is in the passenger seat, and the "Run Rabbit Run" song is playing. Yeah. It's like he play, he has it on a loop. He's got yeah, it. that's the only song he knows, yeah. and the ukulele, whatever he was. Yeah, playing. whatever. I don't know. Chris tries to call nine one one, and he hits Georgina with the car. He remembers watching TV when his mom died. And thinks of Georgina crying, and despite telling himself not to, mm-hmm. he goes to help her. I understand why he did it, yeah. but I, I would just—I'd probably yeah. be really scared, mm-hmm. yes. and I would have stayed on the phone with the cops. Yeah. I'd have been like, "Somebody fucking help me, please." I feel like maybe the tape from the coagula procedure might have been a tip off as well, because he knows that whoever Georgina is is still, is still in, in right. there, and then he found the pictures. Right, so yeah. he's like, yeah. "This is a person yeah. still trapped." That's and true. He's been in the sunken place. I would. Oh fuck. That's true. I'd still be more yeah, concerned be, about myself. Like, you can wait out there. <laughs> I'm, I, that, I'm getting help. I, yeah, I'd I'm be getting terrified. Help. Oh, yeah. Fuck, man. Um, somehow upstairs, Rose heard that. So she didn't hear him massacring her entire family, <laughs> no. but she does hear... Or the fire that's blazing downstairs. <laughs> yeah, from I don't know how far away... The sound of a person being hit by a car. Maybe the song was changing. Well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was in between. Yeah. Chris puts Georgina in the car, and again, this bothers me. Chris puts Georgina in the car, and Rose comes out with the rifle and goes, Grandma, Mm. we don't need that. No. We don't need it. We're smart. We pieced it together. We've been paying attention. Yeah. We didn't need that. Mm -mm. Chris takes off, and Georgina wakes up and attacks Chris while he's driving and she yells at him for ruining her house mm-hmm. yeah. and they promptly crash. Yeah. Chris wakes up and Georgina 
apparently is dead. Yeah. Rose is shooting at him and he gets out of the car and runs. Walter comes running and tackles him. And again, Rose goes, get him, Grandpa. No. Like, can you just we shut the it. fuck up? We remember the running. Yeah, Don't spoon feed us. Don't spoon yeah. feed us. Well, plus, Grandpa was a lot faster earlier. He was, he was a lot yeah. faster earlier. <laughs> he already did his exercises tonight. He's tired. tired. <laughs> again? As they're, as they're fighting... Chris is able to take out his phone and snap a picture of Walter. And Walter snaps back like uh-huh. those robots at Itchy and Scratchy Land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he comes back to himself long enough to get the gun from Rose, shoot her in the stomach, and then kill himself. Well, but the thing is, is that whenever he stands up and looks at Rose, he goes, let me do it. Shouldn't Rose have been like, why didn't you say, let me do it, darling? Yeah, yeah. his Grand voice yeah. changed. <laughs> yeah. you why see? didn't she think that was weird? She was, you know. Who? Or, and she knows what the camera exactly. does Exactly. She didn't see the <laughs> right. flash either. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's some there's some stuff here uh, in the last the yeah. last little bit of the film. Their only weakness is a camera flash. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or it's, the ting ting. That's I true. Get, yeah. Um Rose crawls over to the gun, shot in the stomach, still trying to right. take Chris out. Mm-hmm. And Chris takes it away from her. She has the audacity to apologize to him and be like, It's me. I yeah. love you. Ugh. A little and late for that, man. He starts strangling her. But she smiles at him. Yeah. Well, She's pure evil. Well, my question the... is, why do you guys think she did that? Well, it was clear. She just choked me, daddy. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> oh I thought it was because the cop car pulls up. Well, yeah. Like she was but like, she, the, it... the, co- the car isn't there yet. Right. No. So I'm... I wonder why. Like, why she was smiling. I think she's kind of just sadistic. Maybe. Um, But like I said, a cop car pulls up and the lights are going and Chris stops strangling her. And he puts his hands up. He puts his hands up. This is, honestly, this moment in the film, I was like... Fuck. Yeah. Because it's like the one horror movie when you're like, no, 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 because the cops are there. (laughs) I was I was so afraid at this moment in the theater because I wanted nothing more than for Chris to get his fucking Yes. And um Rose is like, Help. It's like no, no. You don't get to do that. No. But the door opens and we see it's not a cop car. Mm -mm. It is airport security. Yes. Rod to the rescue. Chris lowers his hands and just gets in the car with Rod. And Rod, of course, is like, I mean, I told I, you not to go in the house. I told yeah. him. When Chris asks how he found him, Rod simply explains that he's TSA. Yeah. And the situation's handled. They handled Which shit. to us doesn't tell us anything. Not really. Yeah. I was like, is this an inside joke between Jordan Peele right. and the TSA? He loves the TSA. Oh, well then. Like he's play he has TSA skits on Key and Peel. Like oh, he notoriously well, loves the TSA. Well, maybe it's uh All right. yeah. well. Paying tribute. And it looks like Rose has died in the process yeah. of yeah. all of this. But they ride off and the music from the beginning plays and we get another title card. What did you guys think of Get Out? I loved it. Yeah. The writing, the acting, just the fact that this is from Jordan Peele and it's his feature film debut and he came at it so intelligently and confidently and actually had something to say and spoke social commentary through a horror film. Yeah. I was blown away by this movie. Yeah. 
Blown away. Um, I am a big fan of rewatching a movie and being like, oh my God, they were telling, he told us at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Like, um, Dean mentioning we keep a piece of her in the kitchen mm-hmm. with Georgina standing in the kitchen, him talking about his dad never getting over losing to Jesse Owens, yeah. and then Walter's outside running. running. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just. And whenever he said there was black mold in the basement, yes. Was Dre down there? Oh, my. At that time, oh, didn't even think about that. That is a black mold, exactly for somebody somebody to to use. Yes, and I think about Rose telling off the cop, and it could be her just not wanting any evidence that he was out there with her. No paper trail. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. It's just. And even all the guests arriving in black cars, like white passengers in in a black vehicle. It is. It's it's. And then them being so concerned with his smoking because they don't want to mess right, up his yeah. body. Yeah, don't ruin that it's shell. Just, and oh, man. you see why he won the Academy Award. Absolutely. It's it's so good. I mean, and, and there is stuff to pick apart at the end. I sure. feel like uh, there was some stuff that was over-explanatory. There was some stuff that was just looked cool or seemed cool. But if you think about it logistically, it doesn't really make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like little shit like that can be forgiven when there's so much substance and so much intelligence. Yes. Like it's a purpose for everything. Definitely. I did enjoy it watching it the second time. Uh, I still think it's a comedy horror just because of how funny some of the stuff is. Rod. Because it's, it's like it's really funny. Realm, no, yeah. Because it's like Dude, really funny. Fucking yeah. belly laughs I was getting <laughs> yes. on that shit, man. No joke. I, I really did enjoy it more the second time than Good. watching it the first time. It's a good movie, and then when you think of everything like you guys were explaining, you know, it makes it more. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's it like brings a whole other more. Layer. Yeah, yeah, it brings more meaning to it behind it and what it's saying and everything with it. But I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I did the first time. I think I was just really confused and didn't like understand what was going well, on. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah, like the second just, time you're like, oh my you start, god, yeah. 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 Like, okay. yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up very quickly is the ending of the film was not the original ending of the film. Right. In the original ending, the car that pulls up is the police, and they arrest Chris for the murder of the Armitage family, and the last scene of the film is Rod talking to Chris through the glass because Chris is in prison for yeah. life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's trying to, you know, say, you know, I, I'm trying to think of ways to figure this out or whatever. Mm. And Chris is like, look, they're never going to do it to anybody again. Mm. And then he leaves. And that's the end of the film. And it's such a sadder ending. It's more realistic, but it's But it's so horrible. sad. The thing is, is that thinking about Night of the Living Dead, which we talked about last week, uh, spoiler for that right here. Yeah. Go listen to that episode. Um <laughs> But in Night of the Living Dead, Dwayne Jones told George Romero to kill his character because it was what the country needed at that moment. And it was what black America would want to see because of the message that it would send. Yeah. Jordan Peele basically had the exact same mindset in changing his ending to a more positive one with everything that was going on in the country at the time in 2017. He's like, this is what the country needs right now. They need we to need see Chris get a win. Yeah. And I'm so glad that he changed the ending. Because sitting in that theater after everything, I can't 
have the film end with Chris getting arrested. I don't no. want to see that movie. I want to see the movie where Rod shows up, <laughs> fucking cracks a joke, and then they get the fuck and they out drive of there. Off. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm very I don't glad. think I would have enjoyed that. No, no that would have just been like That's really like, yeah. after all, all this, this after, right. yeah, everything. What you're doing. So I'm very glad. Uh, all right, so I guess that brings us to ratings. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I have to go first. <laughs> I don't think I really need to rehash again all the reasons why this movie is great and like even educational. Mm -hmm. Jordan Peele is masterful. And it's weird to say that when this is his first film, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um, it's it's an incredible movie. There are a couple things, like I said, that bother me. Um, I wouldn't call it a perfect movie, but it's it's pretty close. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I guess. On a scale from one to ten, hypnotizing teacups, I give Get Out nine hypnotizing teacups. I will open the floor. So, not to rehash everything we've already said, I mean, we've heaped praise on this film. Yeah. Um, I do think that little bit of spoon feeding is a little upsetting, but yeah. I think it is enough to overlook, you know? I feel like, I mean, whenever you're looking at a horror film with a message... Mm-hmm. Something that isn't heavy handed, something that the more you watch it, the more you can appreciate it. I think that the good outweighs any bad that you can see in this film. And so I'm not going to call it a perfect movie. Yeah. But I think it, like you said, it's as damn close as you can get. It's real close. And so for that reason, I'm going to give Get Out 9.5 hypnotizing teacups out of 10. JP? I, I, like I said, and like you guys both said, we don't need to go over everything again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did enjoy this movie the second time and seeing all the hidden meanings and, you know, and it is a fantastic movie. Right. Um, the only thing for me is that it's not, I guess, like a horror movie that like I'm used to slashers mm. and I really enjoy things like that and... Not saying that I just want to watch people get killed all the time, but you know what I mean? Right. I want to no, watch people is... get killed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different but Yeah, a different it's a kind different of kind movie. of yeah. horror. And um, it's a fantastic movie. It was great. Mm-hmm. And like I uh, again, I did it, I did enjoy it a lot more and understand a lot more the second time and actually paying attention and seeing all the little hidden things and piecing them together and being like, oh shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You see it and it's like, damn. But again, like I said, it's not my kind of horror. It's you not know, your cup of tea? Right. There you go. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. Good. I really did. So I want to give it a 7.5 hypnotizing teacups, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. That's okay. What it is. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Get Out and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. And remember, never, under any circumstances, allow yourself to be hypnotized by a stranger. Until next time. <laughs>